call yourself a maker? You smell like failure and corn chips. Drop and give me 45 minutes. This is not your grandparents' tinker toys. It's the Creators Collective. Listen up and don't give me that face. Right, Herbert Holtz and Walker are about to demonstrate the proper way to create. And if you got questions, you had better be in the live chat. Otherwise, I am going to plant my boots so far up your hiney that your mother is going to be crying. Now listen up, jelly-faced cow pies. And we're back for another exciting episode of the Creators Collective. This is going to be an exceptionally interesting week as uh, once more, uh, Will cannot join us. He is having too much fun with his pool <laughs> and apparently running into uh, some issues with contractors. So um, it, this week, it is just myself and uh, Zach Herberholz from yep. CH Fabrication. Send Will hate mail. Let him know how much you guys miss him on the show. <laughs> yes. We need Will back. Oh, well. We will live without well, Will. It's like that tripod. You need like, you know, you need three for stability, I feel like. You have two and, <laughs> I mean, I, I can rant, but, uh, you know, you need some you, you need some sort of a foundation and and we just fall over if it were just me trying to keep things going. I think it would be the same the other way. Well, um, I do want to say a huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon, uh, especially to Darren Mates, Caleb Harris from You Can Make This Too, and uh, John from John Made It. You guys are helping make this show better, so thank you for that. If you'd like thank to find you. out more about Patreon, you can do so at uh, patreon.com backslash creators collective. And we are live every Thursday on YouTube. You can find us on our YouTube channel, Creators Collective, and join in on the chat because we pull most of our questions from there. And it's kind of fun to uh, hang out with people in the background and uh, joke around at uh, the stupid things that are happening that people actually can see live. The The live chat is our third leg. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, especially today. We need it. Today we are joined by the live chat. So if you guys have any questions for us, go ahead and throw them in there and uh, we'll see what we can uh, come up with. So, uh, Zach, what you got going on this week? Well, man, it's been it's been a good week, but it was like tainted. I had such a great time, and then I had such a bad experience at the very end that that's really all I've been able to focus on. So, I went up to uh, I think I talked about it last week. I went up and did the uh, well, it's just this last weekend, so I hadn't done it yet. But I think I talked about doing it. <laughs> um, so anyway, I had I went up to. Uh, uh, New Jersey and, and took a hammer forging class from John Ariani, not Arian, as I pronounced the last time. And um, Cliff Dufton, who on Instagram, if you guys are interested in kind of what they're up to, it's Sunset Forge NJ and CJ Dufton. Um, that was, I had an amazing time. The weather was beautiful. I mean, it was like record highs the day I got there. It went back down to, you know, it was perfect. It was amazing. It was nice to get out of this heat and get up there. And so we, we spent the better part of two days out in the shop, just forging hammers. And I, I learned a lot about, uh, tooling and die making and, and really the process. And, uh, you know, I'd made a few hammers beforehand. Anybody who follows my Instagram probably saw them and, you know, they, they would suffice, but the amount of work and attention to detail and things that, that these guys are doing is just, it's an entire next level. I mean, it's, I was completely oblivious to so many aspects of, uh, you know, hammer making that it's even after being there, I'm like, wow, this is so much more intimidating than I thought. I mean, you just, it's kind of when you jump into the deep end for the first time, you're like, wow, this is really deep. You know, this yeah, is, it goes way deeper than a stick. No. And that's <laughs> kind of what I thought, you know, and, uh, you know, I put some shape to it and stuff, but there's a whole difference. There's a huge difference between 
you know, grinding a hammer and forging a hammer. And, uh, you know, these guys do everything forge to finish and, and it takes so much more care and precision to get everything right as you're forging it versus getting it roughed out and then, you know, spending a day on the grinder, getting everything perfect. So, uh, and it's a lot more fun. Grinding gets old really fast. So, but, uh, yeah, just especially the, the geometry with like forging the eye and, you know, every time you move something, it's, it's like an equation, you know, you drift the eye a certain size, but then when you, uh, forge out the cheeks or the end, it moves it. So every time, you know, you can't change X without changing Y and depending on how accurate you want your things to be, just, you keep going back and forth and, you know, getting all the curves and everything symmetrical there's just so much more to it uh, especially the more elaborate shapes and stuff so it was a great experience i learned a lot and they're uh you know amazing craftsmen um so yeah i mean that was that was a really good time the issue came on the way back oh i should i should <laughs> actually start i was able to on the last day my flight didn't leave until like five so i was able to go to go down to manhattan for you know I, i'd been it's been like 10 years since i've been there so I had an afternoon to kill, so I was able to go to the Museum of Modern Art, which was unbelievable. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have been there, but, you know, walking through a museum and seeing these paintings that you grew up reading about in textbooks, and it's just, I mean, it was a, I, I don't, I don't say it, um, uh, with the intention of a pun, but it was a very surreal <laughs> experience to, uh, <laughs> To, you know, stand in front of, you know, Starry Night and, uh, you know, Van Gogh and, and Picasso and, and uh, Matisse and all of these, you know, defining artists in the in the movements. It was just, I mean, it was a truly unbelievable experience. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really express how cool that was. So I'm glad I got to do that. I, so I bought all this, all these gifts and stuff for my wife. And when I came back through TSA... Uh, Newark airport is a nightmare. And even though I had pre-check, I got the angriest people that like the ang just, they just hated everything. So they, they set my backpack aside for like five minutes. Um, cause I had all these gifts and stuff in it. And then, you know, they took everything out, everything out and put it on the, the belt separately. And long story short, the items they took out of my bag didn't make it back in my bag, which includes all the gifts I bought for my wife. Um, and oh. my journal, like that had all of my notes from, you know, this whole year from all the stuff I've done, all my notes and ideas and sketches. Um, and uh, I think I had $120 cash in there. So those things didn't make it back into my bag. And uh, I didn't realize it until I got home. And uh, yeah, I filed a claim and they're like, nope, we didn't find anything. So, you know, in the journal had my, my, business cards and my address and my phone number and everything in there. So they, they pretty much just stole my property. There's really no way around that. And then at some point, I think the lady in front of me on the flight dumped her water on my backpack. So my, my <laughs> brand new MacBook pro is garbage. It's completely waterlogged. I shut it down and I, I've had it in a bag with like just filled with desiccant for three days, hoping that I mean, I was able to turn it off, but the screen was so waterlogged, I could hardly see what was going on. So pretty much everything of importance uh, that I have from the trip or that I brought along is ruins or missing. So that really kind of dampened the whole trip. And I have 
I was talking to Jimmy. I'm like, man, I totally understand why you drive everywhere. It's just not worth it. It's just so frustrating. It's such a bad end to such a good experience. So I'm, I'm just kind of using this as like, (laughs) no fun. I'm just just venting. (laughs) So we're here. uh, If anybody here, you know, works for TSA, I I don't know what to say, but yeah, bad time. Anyway, what? I think I got all that out. It's been like four days like inside of me. It's uh, it was a frustrating experience. Yeah, but sounds anyway. like yeah. What's up with you? <laughs> what have you been up to, man? Well, on um, this weekend for me, I decided to go out and run a race that was a hundred kilometers long. I saw you putting the sticker on your yeah vehicle. That's insane. Hundred a hundred what kilometers? Hundred kilometers. It actually ended up being like a hundred and three, hundred and four, something like that. Actually, no, it's more than that. It ended up being 68 miles um, total. So I think it ends up being like 106 kilometers. Uh, but uh, it was a, a grueling run. And it wasn't just a run it, because it was on trails, um, but it was also through the most mountainous part of Illinois, which doesn't sound like very mountainous, but it was honestly um, more elevation than when I ran in, uh, in Colorado. Um, it was... Uh, over 14,000 feet of elevation climb um, over the race, which is absolutely incredible for anything out here. And so my, my quads are completely blown, but it was a great time. My, I, I had, you know, I, walking around Manhattan and I hadn't done that for 10 years. I probably walked, I probably like power walked because I was in a hurry to get around uh, maybe like three miles and my calves were blown. So don't feel too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun trip. I, I, I uh, it was it was a little bit more intense than I was expecting because I had been training for hills, but uh, the hills around me are nowhere near the hills there. Uh, so it was a uh, it was it was fun. But so uh, how many how many miles is that approximately? About sixty eight. <laughs> oh my god, you are insane. <laughs> uh, it was uh, seventeen hours. Uh, actually, Whoa. 17 hours, 37 minutes of constant running. Do you know what your pace was? I don't feel like doing the math. Um, I think total it averages out to uh, like 1430. So it's a, a fairly slow pace. But that, uh, Oh, I mean like miles, miles per hour? Up and down. Yeah, uh, no, 14. No, that would be minute per mile. mile. How many miles per hour is that? Uh, I'm, just more, a little bit more than four. Hmm. That's insane. Sometimes I get tired after doing nothing for 17 hours. I couldn't imagine just burning calories nonstop for <laughs> that long. It's a good way to burn 10,000 calories really quickly. So are you? did you weigh yourself before and after? Uh, yeah, I lost uh, 12 and a half pounds. <laughs> oh, my God. In like how many hours, you say? 17 hours. Wow. And a lot of that was actually uh, was actually fat burned because of I'm I'm fairly well fat adapted right now. So did you did you uh, I only ate about uh, 1,200 calories? Uh, no, I actually ate about 2,200 calories. While did you calories. did you count like did you calculate approximately how many calories you burned? So that there's like what 3,500 calories per pound? Yeah. Well, the the actual burn of calorie was uh, a little over 11,000 calories. Holy crap. Um, but the majority of the weight loss was water due to sweat. It's still insane. I mean, that's like, what, four, four-ish pounds, somewhere around there, three and a half, four pounds yeah. of pure fat. And like fat is light. 
<laughs> I mean, it really is like it's one pound of fat is about the size of a softball. So you lost like three and a half softballs of fat on your body yeah. in 17 hours. It was That's a fun day. Crazy. That's <laughs> insane. So are you going to do more? Or are you like done? Oh, no, no. I'm I, uh, well, I don't have any plans right now. I'm going to wait until the kids are a little older, but I do want to do a hundred mile and a 200 mile race. I have my, my long distance goal is one out in Oregon called Bigfoot. It's 200 miles. Um, up Mount Hood and others, you do, I think it's uh, three or four peaks over 1,400. Uh, and so the, the total climb over the run, over the 200 miles, is as if you go from sea level to Everest twice. And Weird. Run, 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 run. Um, have you heard of the Hood to Coast? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. When we lived in Portland, it was... Good downhill run. Yeah, I mean, well, they do it in teams, and it's just nonstop. Mm-hmm. You'd be like... You'd be perfect for one of those. I'll actually, we're doing one very similar to that uh, this uh, um, in September. Uh, Ragnar out here, hmm. 136 miles, I think, for that one. But that'll be the four of us. So that's crazy. Well, enough of this running and health <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Well, the other thing I've been working on is my table. <laughs> so if if, I, if running continuously isn't crazy enough, so I spent uh, your table's a like with a handsaw. five k long, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I, I've been doing cardio training on, uh, on sawing and planing all the, the material for the base. And then yesterday I started doing some of the joinery work. Uh, so I'm shooting that today as well. So hopefully that will be Saturday's video is the starting of the joinery on the base, which I don't know. Have you seen the, the design I have for it? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I have. I, have to put a link I feel to like it. I've seen a picture of the top maybe, but I don't know if I've seen the base. Yeah, well, I have it. Uh, um, the plans now for sale on my my website because I finally got those up. Huh. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to to be getting this thing together. So if anyone's free when I need to carry this thing upstairs, the top alone is 400 pounds. Um, I could use a hand. How'd you get it down there? Carried it. It was in two pieces then. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't do things the easy way. <laughs> no, no, you're masochistic. I think. Um. What else? Oh, I started something yesterday. So I got, uh, I've been, I've been um, getting ready to do some like wood stabilization and some epoxy stuff. Uh, Once again, I feel like I always need to preface this conversation with don't worry, I'm never going to make a river table or at least not an epoxy river table. I don't know. I have no plans to ever do one of those, but um, I have have some ideas and and I have a a video that I'm going to feature some products and I don't know. It's just kind of mostly just kind of a, a video that I'm going to do. It's just mostly kind of a testing proof of concept type thing. And I tested it out yesterday, just kind of doing some woods, stabilizing some wood and uh, epoxy with, you know, vacuum and pressure pots and all sorts of weird chemistry gadgets. Um, I posted a picture of it on my Instagram. So I'm going to do, I have a project coming up that I'm going to be doing that sort of thing for. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I want to thank Heath Knuckles for some, uh, give me some some input and advice on the process and that sort of thing. One of the things I haven't figured out though, uh, have you ever stabilized wood? Yeah. Yeah, I figured you would have. What haven't you done? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when the thing that I have is like when you stabilize wood and then you cook it because you like bake it, it mm-hmm. cures at 200 degrees, you get like that crunchy stuff, right? When it hardens. Uh-huh. Like does that only form on the bottom? Cause I'm worried, you know, cause it looks bad. It looks terrible. Um, 
So do you just have to, you know what I mean? Like, so if I'm doing my, my concern is if I have a nice cool piece of like burl wood uh-huh. that I'm going to get like those hardened bubbly plastic, uh, stabilization fluid after i bake it i wouldn't want that like on the rough texture that i would cast in epoxy oh i'm, I not, see what you're I'm not sure if that just forms on the bottom because of gravity when you're baking it um i don't know yeah i think so i, I i've always just go, done it for turning so i've never had to worry about that i just throw it on the lathe and run yeah i don't know well it's like you know because the for me at least uh, one of the major reasons for stabilizing is that if you're going to cast epoxy around it, you're not, you don't have to worry about air coming out of the wood and screwing mm-hmm. up your epoxy. So plus I think eventually I'm going to be doing some knife scales with wood and stable, stabilized wood and epoxy. So nice. we'll see. But I did find out it doesn't work well with oily wood. <laughs> it just doesn't. Hmm. I did. Yeah. I had some like eucalyptus or something and I tried stabilizing it and it's just oily. It's like it didn't cure. Huh. So it's interesting. There's, there's a lot more to it than, uh, yeah. I'm still trying to work. I just out done it with a lot of like punky wood that I wouldn't turn, but uh, wanted to yeah. harden it up. Well, it's it's it is really cool. I mean, I have some oak little like oak limbs and stuff that are logs I've had sitting outside like rotting for two years, and it's really cool. It's like spalted oak, and mm-hmm. I don't really like oak because it's so porous and it's not good for turning. Uh, you can always try not, turning uh, palm. No, it's like well, throwing here's needles the thing. at yourself. I stabilized it, and it turned great, and it looks better. It's not, um, it does, it's not all porous because mm-hmm. the stabilization stuff filled it in. So, uh, yeah, super cool. I'm, I'm excited to figure this stuff out. Sweet. Hey, have you made a uh, uh, Jim Dockrell in the chat was asking if you made a decision on your engine for your truck yet? Um, you know, I haven't. Is is my dog super loud in the background? A little bit. Hold on just a second. <laughs> so so we've got a uh, dog break here. Um, just to let you guys know, we are going to be holding off on the creator's photo challenge uh, until next week. So you have a whole nother week to get your entries in for uh, the creator's photo challenge. And this, uh, we're doing a uh, challenge on contrast. So try and shoot a picture that has some interesting contrast in it and put it up on Instagram with the hashtag creators photo challenge and you will win something from one of the three of us. So we'll be doing that next week. Um, okay. I'm back. <laughs> uh, so as far as the truck engine, no, I haven't. And I'm kind of frustrated. I don't know if frustrated is the right word, but being is that I live in Florida, once again, um, I'm really limited by what I can do depending on the time of the year. And granted the engine isn't, and I have to tackle things like one at a time. I don't want to like, and right now my main focus is getting the body straight and getting everything painted before I start, you know, tearing into the drivetrain and stuff. Not that there's any reason I couldn't, but I just, I, I just feel like I need to One be, system- I need to be systematic on my approach. I don't want to have, you know, everything in different pieces. And so, plus I always want that thing to be, I never want to take it out of commission for more than like a week. And I feel like if I start working on multiple things at the same time, then I'll never get it back on the road. But, uh, <laughs> So right now my focus is, uh, the body work and it's, you know, like a hundred degrees here with 90% humidity and you just can't paint. I can't, it's just, I can't, I can't, uh, nothing cures and you'll get, you know, striping and all sorts of weird issues. And if I take it down to bare metal, it'll rust in like 15 minutes. It's just, it's awful. So I can really only 
finish the body. I can really only do the body work in like maybe the January, February, maybe March. Um, so I'll probably get all of that done this coming. Well, early 2019 is the plan. As far as the engine though, I'm sure it's going to be some sort of small block Chevy. I don't know if it's going to be a 350 or a 383. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Cool. Well, we do have one question for the week. Um, Stephen Ellis asks, how often do you get burnout? Uh, do you get burnt out from doing long or difficult projects? Just wanted to wrap up a two month project. And honestly, I didn't want to see the shop for a couple days. You run into that problem? Um, not sort of, not really. I don't think it's because I don't think it's because of large projects. I feel like I'm always excited to start new projects, but um, I'm almost so excited that I get like anxiety to start them, and I don't because it's like such <laughs> a big thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't think it's project based. I do if I get to bigger projects like the dresser um, that kind of came and went with waves of, um, you know, I get into it and kind of get tired of it. I had a little bit of that on the table about halfway through finishing the top. And now I'm starting to get to the end where I can kind of see the end of the tunnel. And so I'm picking up steam now. Uh, but I, I find that I, I, I don't have a problem with setting a big project aside for a little bit to work on some smaller things that really intrigue me uh, because I really want the flexibility to attack what, is intriguing me at the moment and if something isn't catching my attention then i'm not going to mess with it uh, at least that's my personal belief unless i have some deadline pushing me like i have to get a video out for this that's usually part of the situation that i'm in is you know if i if i spread myself too thin then nothing ever gets finished so i try i try and focus on one project plus i don't have the shop space to really do multiple things but uh you know i always even if it's just a little bit even if you're not into it just try and take you know take a step every day a little bit um i feel like usually if you're stuck in a project it's because there's a part of it that you're not looking forward to doing but usually once you get out there and you start moving on it like it's usually not that bad so i just it's like chipping away at something just take little bites and i feel like eventually you know you get through the hard part and it finishes up and you finish up with it but yeah i don't really get i mean i don't think i really get tired of doing stuff out there every now and then it's nice to take a a day inside and catch up on all my office stuff and um, kind of relax. I think that's warranted at times for sure. I think the only time I really get tired is when I, uh, when I'm videoing something because moving the camera around and, and trying to get that, that shot breaks up the, the, yeah. the flow of the build process. Yeah. It's, it's always like a stopping point where I have to try and build up the momentum again to get back into the project. Yep. Yeah. But, so don't shoot videos unless you have to. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, well, let's uh, let's get into our joke of the week. Oh, we My have wife. one. Huh? What's that? We have one. Yes, nice. we've got we've got a, actually a couple in the list still. Uh, my wife and I were watching every uh, every one of your videos the other day, Zach. We were we were watching them back to back, and uh, thankfully she was the one facing the computer. Nice. So that, that's the joke. <laughs> I couldn't tell at first. I was all excited. <laughs> they're <laughs> watching your videos that's good yeah yeah that's good cool uh well what are you uh watching reading or uh intrigued by um what am i doing well i'm gonna where's where's my notes i think i wrote something down uh so i'm gonna recommend a guy that i've been following for a while on instagram and uh it's andrew chase sculptor there's an underscore between andrew chase 
and sculptor. Um, no, I should Andrew underscore chase underscore sculptor. And he just does some really cool stuff. It's interesting seeing, uh, seeing what sort of stuff pops up in my live feed. Does a lot of metal sculpture, animals, uh, that sort of thing. Hmm. And, uh, it's just cool stuff. Really neat. So yeah, it is cool. that's, that's who I'm following or who it I'm watching. Kind of like a, a shakeup between like a, a modern sheet sculpture and, uh, a uh, yard found sculpture. Yeah, but it's so much better than like the yard art sculpture. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's like full detail. But what's cool is it's like it's not super ornate. It's not like it's not overdone. It's not like uh yeah. A lot of the metal sculpture stuff is so so perfect that it's just it kind of loses you lose the connection to like the material itself. It's just I mean it looks like a it's too accurate and too perfect. His has still has like this mechanical, uh, like robotic kind of vibe to it. And it's a little bit rough, you know, all of his, his round, his rounding isn't like perfectly planished out and it's not for lack of care. It's just, I think it's a artistic choice that he makes. And, um, I guess I don't know what the word is. Um, you know, it doesn't, it's not super like high resolution E builds mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of blocky but still i don't know it's really cool just look at it you'll you'll see what i'm saying it's really sharp so yeah he does he does really cool work well for uh for mine i'm gonna go with isaac arthur um and uh, excuse me isaac author um he's a he he is a futurist and one of my favorite side hobbies is um deep science um you know the field theory and uh, the uh Things that kind of blow your mind, um, I, I absolutely love that. But uh, Isaac Arthur focuses on uh, where are we going to be going in the future? What does uh, what does science hold? And, and uh, I absolutely love the channel. And I always find it with the uh, I get inspiration from really weird locations, and uh, his his uh, his videos always get my my brain cranking, and it always gives me some weird idea that helps me out in my shop. Um, so that's what I would suggest. Um, but if you're not into you know, 30 minute long discussions about the future, you're probably not going to like it. But for me, I absolutely love it. <laughs> Speaking of science and physics and stuff in the chamber, I've just been like searching weird things that I can do with a vacuum chamber. I haven't really found anything crazy yet. I mean, I've like, you know, crushed a water bottle in there and like, you know, you can throw marshmallows in there and they, you know, but, uh, or not crushed a water bottle. I've expanded a water bottle, I should say. But there's got to be some cool like chemistry stuff. Like there's got to be like some oh, yeah. chemical. Have you seen King of Random? Uh, some of it. He, the in the last uh, six months or so, like every other video they put out is some weird uh, reaction inside of a, a vacuum chamber. Hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Like uh, there's got to be some weird like chemical that I can put in there and like separate the two uh, liquids or something. You know, I don't know. There's there's got to be some cool. I'll have to look into that because that sounds like exactly what I want to do. Like, there's got to be some weird chemical compound I can make in there by like <laughs> separating things. Like, you know, I should be able to make mustard gas or something. <laughs> he does a lot with like uh, dry ice and uh, um, things of that nature. Yeah. Like I should be able to build a nuclear reactor in there. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Power my house. Cool. Well, do you have a favorite tool of the week? Um, why don't you go first? I don't know if I thought of anything yet. I haven't had the normal, you know, banter between the other two hosts for me to actually like think about this sort yeah. of stuff. So, 
Well, for me, I have to go with uh, my dining room plans, uh, dining room table plans that I just released on my website. I know I feel like I'm, I'm kind of saying my own thing because I am a little bit, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't normally build from plans. Um, I, I find I prefer to build off the top of my head and then build plans off of what I built. Um, but in this case, I'm actually following my own plans and uh, I kind of like it. There, it. It takes some of the guesswork out of it. Um, I'm having to be careful that I that I don't follow them, you know, absolutely implicitly, um, because it's the first time they've been built from plans, and so I'll be doing some updates in the future. Uh, but actually, following plans is uh, uh, an interesting uh, exercise for me mentally. So, yeah, I kind of like it. You got something now? I'm going to take the easy route and just go with a speed square. Nice. I think I've probably used that a couple times in the past, but. <laughs> It's one of those tools I use every day. I'm, I'm constantly looking for it. That means it's a good tool. If I lose it like two to three times a day, that means it's a good tool. So that is mine. Sweet. Well, we have saved you another 15 minutes of listening, and you've only squandered another 30 minutes of your life this time. So you, you can thank us later for that. But uh, that's about it for this week. Oh. I want to say what's... I, I forgot I should mention, because I think I forgot to mention it last time. I was recently on the Fools with Tools podcast, oh, cool. uh, which is Steve of Moonshine Metalworks and uh, Al from Al's Hack Shack and Brett McAfee, uh, Jimmy Dress's daughter. Not Sweet. really, but that's how he's referred to. So if you guys aren't familiar with them, uh, I check out their podcast. It's pretty entertaining. And uh, the topic when I was on was kind of like design and ideas and inspiration for design so all right <laughs> now that i've interrupted your your exit not to look that up because i haven't uh, i haven't listened to theirs yet cool yeah. um i do want to say thank you to our patrons on patreon and uh, if you'd like to help us out with that you can find out more at patreon.com backslash creators collective and uh, that is about it for this week until next time have a wonderful day Thanks. Thanks again for listening to The Creators Collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating.